Tonight on Point and Click Radio. Good evening, everyone. I'm Bob Lawton. I'm Jim Hyde. And I'm Toby Molina at the Point and Click Research Desk. And this is the bi-weekly computer show here on KZYX. It's the place where we answer your computer questions and bring you the latest computer and internet news. And we are the three of us together for the first time in a, well over a month or so because of travel and other schedules. And uh, it's nice to it's nice to be here together, even though we're in separate Zoom windows with at least with you, Bob. <laughs> yes, separate Zoom windows. But we're all going out on the same audio stream, which is the point. Here we are. Yeah. On the radio, no one knows you're 60 miles apart. I know. <laughs> anyway, all kinds of things have been going on while we've been here or not here and uh, and so on and so forth. Um, what do we got for tonight? We've got all kinds. Well, we're going to start out with our tip of the week. Okay. And, um, it's, it deals with a really fascinating website, free service, that um, lets you send a email to your future self if you could send a message to your future self in a year and in three years and five years and ten years what would you write what would you say would you say boy you got through that jam would you say are you finally retired <laughs> would you say are you still alive what would you say well there is a website that lets you ask your your future self that question. Oh, that's and interesting. Here to tell us about it tonight is Toby at the Point and Click Research Desk. And this is futureme.org. Futureme.org. And the idea is, well, back in 2002, a few people had the idea that it'd be fun to get a surprise letter from the past from yourself. And so they spent a couple of weekends uh, making futureme.org and 20 years later and millions of letters from the past um, it still exists and it is a really interesting idea and um, basically why do you, you write a letter to the future um, and you can choose for it to be delivered to you in a year in three years in five years or you can choose a date in the future and you can choose whether the letter is private or public but anonymous. In other words, oh. um, people can read your letter, um, but they don't have any identifying information. So, of course, if you're going to name somebody in your letter, make it a first name only. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and they also reserve the right to take things down. So if you start railing uh. about somebody by name or providing contact information etc um it is moderated on some level and so they'll take it down oh so maybe don't mention any ex-presidents or or correct. <laughs> and you can create a, a a free it's free okay and you can create a um a, an account and sign in and that way if your email changes over time of course it, it's always best to use something like yahoo or hotmail or gmail that you're unlikely to you know not your work mail Yes. <laughs> you might not be there anymore. Good point. Um, yes. So, uh, it, but you, if you create this account, then you can uh, go in and make changes if you want to. 
there is a pro version. I didn't actually look at what it costs, but that's if you want to create your own custom site and share it with people. That's sort uh -huh. of thing. But there really uh -huh. is is no need just to send. And you can send future letters to other people. Oh, that strikes me as possibly scandalous. <laughs> that could be. Um, I can imagine the possibilities. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just a really interesting exercise in what are you thinking today and thinking it would have been interesting to send myself something at the very beginning of the pandemic mm. all the craziness and uncertainty that was going on oh that's a great idea yeah i wish you know i wish i had known about this then and then because so i would suggest that if anybody has time to kill it you're procrastinating and then to think of something else interesting to do rather than work or cleaning or anything else go to futureme.org and go to the read public letters link at the top of the page and then you can read other people's letters that they marked as public but not but anonymous oh so the public letters are visible on the site you can read them on the yes, website they are in a yeah, it, it's it's a and, and you can also see how long that person has chosen to um, the delay in having it delivered to them. So here's one from today, okay. a letter from October fifth, twenty twenty one, that was just revealed today, because it's a year later, and it says, "Dear future me," and congratulations, you did it. You're finally a registered nurse. Yes. Um, <laughs> Thank are, God you didn't quit. Are they set time periods? Like, can you just only choose a year or two years, or can you? You can choose one year or two. They have some set you know, buttons you can click, but you can also choose a custom date. So you can choose for yourself um, what the date of delivery will be. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be an even year right. in particular. And do they have they set up a kind of a framework to to guide you to sort of help you frame your thoughts or no. have a model? It is just a big blank. Box. So you get it's a blank a sheet of paper. Day. Yes, I'm yeah. procrastinating today, yeah. Bob. Uh, <laughs> Are you still procrastinating? <laughs> if you're reading this, chances are you still are. Yes. <laughs> it's really cool when you go into the public letters from the past section. So they're from the past. In other words, they've just been sure. revealed revealed today. Oh, so these, these are, are the things that were written a year ago and revealed today. And so that's when they get posted. Oh, of course. Because otherwise, they the, the cat would be out of the bag if they just put them up when people wrote them. Right, right. <laughs> well, so, what would be the point? Yes. Well, when you go to that section, there's a featured list of, um, I don't know what gets what gets featured. I, maybe they just randomly decide what will be um, posted in the stream. But then you can also click on a, a section called epilogues. And these letters include an epilogue. Um, they have an update written by the original author after receiving their letter from the past. Oh. And when enough people like a letter, they let the author know readers are interested in an update. Oh, that's so, great. Wow. So then that person can write a little update, like, you know, this was way off the mark. <laughs> None of this stuff happened, or things got much better, or whatever. So it's a great rabbit hole to fall down. And when you read, uh, if you're not sure what to write to yourself or you need a little inspiration, the public letters section is a good um, spot to look. And also, it supports many uh, languages and alphabets, etc. So if you're um, typing in another language, it's not a problem. In other words, when you receive your letter from the past, it will look right mm, i see yeah that was a problem they had early on interesting where people were receiving you know garbled 
um, copy once they got their letters. Anyway, it's a really interesting exercise in, you know, where was I two years ago? Yeah, three or five or ten. I mean, exactly. When we, and just, I mean, just even contemplating the possibilities is an interesting thought exercise. Even if you don't actually peck the letters into the website, just thinking about, like, what would you say to yourself that you could open up a bottle yeah. ten years from now and read? Yes. Or five years or three years or whatever. They say that they've delivered 20 million letters. Wow. Um, over the past 20 years. It's kind of like social media meets the time capsule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I like the idea that it's not an immediate thing, like Twitter, you know. I mean, on Twitter, people are just firing crap back and forth at each other, uh, you know, a million yeah, times yeah, a is, second. And it's not, unless you unless you want it to, this is not to someone else. It's not to the world, It's because it, you can make it private. You don't have to designate your letter as right. being publicly but anonymous. Um, it can be just to never appear on the website at all, and it only exists between you and your future self. So um, it's really, really cool. As with all things, there's a terms of use link uh, underneath the box where you write your letter. I always encourage everybody to have a look at the terms of use to make sure that they are in keeping with how you want your content used. Um, That's nice. But there's a great little testimonial on the top page. I love this. I've sent myself five letters so far, and every year it's a surprise because I forget so easily. It turns into such a deep, reflective process that I usually weep and laugh while I write. That's cool. So, it's cool. Are you going to do it, Tony? I don't know. Are you going to do it, Bob? What's that? You can do a future, uh, future me. I, yeah, I think I will tonight when I go I home. I think I will because I think uh, it'll remind me of what, what I did tonight. I was on the radio. <laughs> was on the radio with my friends. Tomorrow. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't like to think too long term. <laughs> right, I like right, to think about yes. something that's potent, you know, interesting enough for me to say that I might reflect on in a year. You know, what, do, what do you wonder about? What do you worry about? You know, it's just like, it's just, you know, did it happen? Did it not happen? You know? It's well, I'm just... going to try something, certainly. Yeah, I think it's cool. It's free. Why not? And it's free. Futureme.org. If you accidentally type futureme.com, it'll zap you to the right place. I think it would be really... Org. I think it would be really interesting if you were trying to make a decision about something, you know, like especially somebody's trying to decide where they want to go to college or what they want to do for their major, you know, and write a letter to yourself of all the undecided things that you're that, that you're involved with. And then, you know, a year later, you know, you will have sorted things out probably most likely. And it would be a really interesting document to have that. Yeah. Um, and I think even just the mental exercise of thinking about the things that you might be interested to be reminded of in X number of years in the future. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting mental exercise and kind of thinking about, like, what's important to me? It's interesting. It's, uh, you know, I went pretty deep into the rabbit hole today and read a lot of content. And um, there's a lot of young people struggling. Yeah. Um, and, and you really see that. The kind of thing that leapt to mind for me that I would write to myself about was so different than struggling with understanding who you are and your place and um, feeling pressure and you know I saw, saw a lot of that yeah um, and it was very um, it felt very familiar mm. if, if long ago still very familiar that feeling of being in high school or being in junior high school there are a lot of young people on here writing to themselves which I think is cool um, 
just as an exercise in externalizing some of those very deep feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're in your 20s, a year is a really, really, really long time. It's just, uh, it would be good to have that that kind of hindsight. The hindsight site, yeah. You want to give out that URL again so people will... uh... It is futureme.org. And as uh, Jim mentioned, if you type in futureme.com you'll still end up in the right place oh that's nice that's nice yeah. when they when they get the all the uh, top level domains and and get referrals like that that's really cool yeah very cool thanks to me from the point and click research desk comes a really thought-provoking and inspiring notion and then one of the cooler ways to use the uh this this, this the interwebs in my opinion well yeah. i'm going to bid you, bid you to an excellent show while i go and lock up the chickens <laughs> priorities yes priorities <laughs> that, fox has, that fox has been around good night toby thank you yeah thanks toby Toby at the point-and-click research desk. Um, you know, she could have said, um, um, my space capsule is waiting for me. Yes. That's our next uh, uh, little news tidbit here on Point-and-Click Radio, the bi-weekly computer show with yours truly, Jim Hyde, Bob Lott on the coast, Bill, uh, Bob who? Jim Hyde on the coast, Bob Lawton in Ukiah, and Toby Molina on the coast, but now heading toward the chicken coop. With the chickens, yes. The chickens. <laughs> Um, today, there was a SpaceX rocket launch, um, and it was a crewed launch. Uh, most of them are not crewed. They're launching satellites and whatnot. Um, but um, every now and then, they launch a crew of astronauts and cosmonauts to the International Space Station. And that happened today. A crew of four um, uh, rocketed into the skies without a hitch, and the rocket, the booster landed itself on the drone ship in that amazing way that their rockets often do. What's particularly noteworthy about today's um, uh, mission, though, is that one of the astronauts is the first Native American woman in space. And it is Colonel Nicole Anapu Mann, and there's a local angle. She is a Sonoma County native, uh, grew up in Pengrove, and she is a member of the Wailaki uh, Band of the Round Valley Indian Tribes, which is, of course, based here in Mendocino County. Yeah. And she took her mother's dream catcher along with her into space. Oh, she did. Oh, that is yeah. amazing. I think that yeah. is just fantastic. That's and that. kind of an amazing, as you know, I mean, you don't be, you, you can't be an astronaut and be a slacker. You know, she, uh, she no. was a, you know, she went to the, she was in the, in the, um, in the armed forces. She, um, she, she earned a degree in mechanical engineering from the Naval Academy, followed by a master's in Stanford University, also uh, in, and a master's in engineering with a specialty in fluid mechanics. Then she joined the Marines, became a directed, decorated pilot with more than 2,500 flights hours in 25 different types of aircraft 200 aircraft landings on a on a uh, on an aircraft carrier wow. and flying 47 combat missions in iraq and afghanistan that's that's the right stop um and now she is orbiting our beautiful blue ball um onward to the uh they've probably i don't know if they've, they've presumably they've docked by now the launch was about 10 or so hours ago by now um 
bet she is there with uh, with three other fellow spacefarers to join the um, already existing uh, crew on the uh, on the space station. What, what was the objective of the launch? To get four astronauts and cosmonauts to the International Space Station. Oh, to the oh, okay, the, to the space station. That's why it was yeah. a, that. That's why they had a crew on board because they. We're going yeah. up to the space station. So is uh, Nicole going to be uh, up there on the space station for a while? She is going to be there. I'm just looking that up right now. She is going to be there. Let me dee, 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 dee. Um, this is the first um, uh, flight for most of the, uh, most of the um, astronauts. And they will be there on, they're called Crew 5 is the name of the, uh, the, 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 broad mission um, and they will spend several months aboard the space station conducting scientific research in areas such as cardiovascular health bioprinting and fluid behavior in microgravity wow. to prepare for human exploration beyond low earth low earth orbit that's fantastic hey jim i'm yeah. just curious because i'm not up to, i'm not that much up to speed on the international space station how do they get back down do they call an uber <laughs> <laughs> they do. Yes, they, 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 well, they, they, they hail a taxi. Um, the, the capsule that brings them up remains there. Oh, okay. Um, so it's the, the, the crew, the, the Dragon capsule, which is what the name of the, uh, the SpaceX crewed spacecraft is called. Um, well, it's parked. This is just latched onto the side of the space station. Oh, okay. And um, and when it comes to comes time to come home, they climb back in and uh, press a button. When you see the the camera angles, it's so not our Apollo beloved spacecraft from the sixties. Oh. There aren't any switches. It's it's a bank of touch screens. Oh, jeez. Okay. And and I saw an actual like tablet strapped to one of the astronauts. You know the kind of you know that you can buy at the local store. Oh, jeez. Uh, strapped to one of the astronauts' thighs. Um, and then yeah, and then the capsule comes down and the, the usual parachute magic and splash. So all the booster stages and everything come back down once the capsule's uh, up in orbit. Yes. The, the they retreat. first stage, which is the big, tall part, yeah. um, that's, that disconnects after just a few minutes of the flight. Um, and then with the SpaceX, um, the Falcon rockets, they do that incredible thing of landing themselves, Buck Rogers style, um, on a uncrewed drone ship that's floating out in the Atlantic Ocean, usually, yeah, sometimes the Pacific, but usually the Atlantic. Yeah. Um, and today, you know, they, they, they have a camera pointed down as the thing lands, and you saw the thing come down and the flames, and you saw it land. There's a big circle in the middle with the, with the X on it, the SpaceX logo, and the thing lands right in the middle of that circle, and I don't know how they do that. <laughs> with computers, Jim, with computers. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess I guess they I guess that I guess that's, that's amazing. True. And then they just park the little capsule up there at the space station, and it's ready for when they're they're ready to to um, because they yeah. have the advantage of gravity for getting back. Obviously, yes, yes, gravity is, is is in their favor. Assuming that the parachutes work, gravity does. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. It's a it's a careful collaboration between parachute and gravity well, to make it all work that's really great and, and then you refurbish the capsule and they use it again uh, in a future one right right so if you're just tuning in um this is point and click radio with bob lawton and jim hyde 
and the point-and-click research desk, Toby Molina, who gave a story earlier about futureme.org. Listen to the archive if you missed that. And we were just wrapping up a, a, a um, report about the first Native American woman who became an astronaut, and she is now up in space on the space station. Yeah, that's great news. And, she, and she's yeah. from the Round Valley tribe. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, a, and a native of uh, Pengrove down in yeah. Santa County. A local angle to the story. That's great. She's, she's, you could probably reach her by timing a 707 number, and that's pretty cool. She'd probably, <laughs> yeah, it would probably, it would probably ring. Yeah, 707. <laughs> 707 goes into space. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I have a quick tip for everybody, and I'm not sure how. Well, here's, here's what started me on this journey. I noticed, well, I have ad blockers and spam blockers and tracker blockers and every kind of blocker you can possibly have. And a lot of times I'll click on a link in a, in, in a story on a website. You know, I'm reading a report and it'll give a link to another site. And one of my blocker windows will pop up and say, this site has been blacklisted by so-and-so's list of of, of bad sites, you know, sites you don't want to go to. And I'll go, huh? What? Wait a minute. I just clicked on a link and it was in one of my favorite sites. Why is it suddenly blocking it? And then I'll look at the link spelled out and it's, um, it's like about 800 strings of, uh, of gobbledygook, you know. Right. Uh, what would you describe it as? A, a Scrabble board? It's like somebody spilled a bag of Scrabble tiles yeah, across like your a, keyboard. Exactly. <laughs> and I'll go, oh, I get it. Somewhere buried in the middle of this verbal garbage is the actual place I'm trying to get to. And wrapped all around it are these tracker links and things. So by... By clicking on the link in a story, you're becoming the victim of a privacy invasion, basically, because they want to yeah. know all the things. They want to report to all their data Who's brokers. Tracked, that, what page that, you came to, yes. you know, information about the computer that you're yes. using, any other information that they can extract that will help right. ads or products in and, front of your eyeballs. And it's telling them that this person's brain was interested in X enough that he clicked on it. And right. so that goes out to all the uh, third-party data brokers that sell all that stuff and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I used to copy those and put them in a text editor and painfully, you know, painstakingly pull the actual site out. And then I would paste it in an empty blank, untracked browser window and go to that site. Well, there is a wonderful website um, that will do all that heavy lifting for you. And it's called URL Clean. And that is urlclean.com. It's the letters URL, like the uh, what we refer to web links as. urlclean, all one word, dot com. And it says, URLs copied from Google search results, such as links to PDF, are more complicated than they need to be. This tool removes the unnecessary parts, leaving the pages original URL. Well, it's more than just downloading PDFs, although PDFs are particularly guilty of having all this extra cruft set on them. Um, 
but in uh, the case of my experience, uh, I was actually having my ad blockers not go to these links because what they are are links wrapped inside of other links. And you want to get rid of the wrapper and just have the um, the link you want to go to. So this site URL clean has a big box where you can paste in a copied link and then you click on a button that says clean it and it wah, ama amazingly reduces it right down to just the actual link. <sighs> so it's, nice. it's really handy and what I find it's really handy for is if you want to send somebody a link in an email, you don't want to have you know a, a, a link that's three paragraphs long with all this crap in it. You just want to have the link to the story like if it's a New York Times story or a Wired.com story or something like that. So you paste the link uh, and that's all this website does. It doesn't have any you know you don't doesn't have a membership or anything you can send them you know you can send them a cup of espresso type thing if you if you want to donate but it's uh just simply a service that uh this person has put up urlclean.com it doesn't work with every single one of those types of links because some of them are different than others but it, it's worth a shot if you're trying to get from a story uh, to the site and it looks like it's going to be um, basically invading your privacy. And the easiest way to copy a link in most browsers and on most computers is to uh, right click on a PC or control click on a Mac and do copy link. If you do copy link it'll copy up whatever whatever uh, is in the article or story or web page that that is a link you you're going to be clicking on you know it'll appear as a link with an underline or with a different color or whatever yeah. you right click or control click and do copy link and then you go to the URL clean website and just paste it in the box say clean it and then in the box below that it'll have the simplified cleaned up link and it's it's really a a handy service. I use it practically every day now. URLclean.com. Yep. And that's a great place to just put up in your, you know, bookmark bar, you know, of your, your web browser. Oh, I you have know, it as a pin. I have it as a pin tab on my my oh, main browser, and it's just yeah. it's always there. And it's you know yeah it's an extra step in your in your web surfing journey, but it's. It's it's a step that's worth taking if you care about privacy and more specifically just not just having that kind of um, you know Hansel and Gretel trail dripping from your mouse oh, as, yeah. you, <laughs> as you make your way around the internet um, because that's what those codes are very commonly about. Yeah, some people call it sticking your thumb in the eye of the, and I can't say the word on the radio. <laughs> of the tra of the trackers, let's the call trackers, it. The trackers, yes, stick your thumb. The other, the other method that you used, that you used to use of, you know, editing out the stuff, you know, uh, you know, by hand, that's kind of the equivalent of like jumping in your car and zooming away and taking all the back roads and quick turns to try to lose somebody who's trying to follow you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> URL clean just basically teleports you to a different location yeah. safely without yeah. them knowing where you went or where you came from. And URLclean.com. Great tip, Bob. Yeah, and, and just as an aside to that, um, 
in most browsers now, if you hover your cursor over the link, the status bar at the bottom or some other part of the interface will spell out the actual link in, mm -hmm. in, a, in a little window or in a little status bar at the bottom. And if it looks like just what it says it is, like NewYorkTimes.com or Wired.com, if it just shows a simple link, you don't have to worry about it. But if it, just, it shows something that's, you know, four or five lines tall with all this uh, text garbage in it, then that's when you should go ahead and, and clean it. That's um, a great tip. Just to, to, just to not feed, you know, feed the beast. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Don't feed the beast. Yes, exactly. That's it. You are listening to the boist, the boist. You are listening to the beast that is point and click radio, yes. the bi-weekly computer show here on KZYX, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting in Philo, Willits, and Ukiah, and Fort Bragg. Bob Lawton and yours truly, Jim Hyde, with you. We were joined earlier in the show by point and click research desk. Toby Molina, who told us about futureme.org, a really cool, free web service that allows you to send an email to your future self. Um, if you missed that, you can go to the past and listen to the beginning part of the show um, at the amazing KZYX Jukebox, jukebox.kzyx.org, or also through the KZYX website and go to the podcasts page. That's a nice new, relatively new um, part of the KZYX website where you can subscribe to um, all of our public affairs programs that are available and news, I believe, that are available um, in, in podcast form. Really? I haven't tried that yet. Are they actual podcasts? Each show has a podcast yeah, channel of its one. own? Yeah. What? We're podcasting yeah, description and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, it's a uh, <laughs> nobody. <laughs> out, nobody told me about it. <laughs> well, you know, jukebox. We've been using the jukebox, jukebox.kzyx oh, yeah. for a long time now. But yeah. um, but but the uh, the the KZYX website has been nicely remodeled in the in the uh, in the not too distant past. And one aspect of that is the podcasts page, which allows you to get to um, the. Uh, uh, to, to, to recordings of a lot of um, our public affairs shows. So just go to kcyx.org and up on the navigation bar near the top, you'll see uh, the word podcasts and click on that. Although before you click on podcasts, maybe consider clicking that donate button and becoming a member of KCYX. So we are in the middle of our quiet drive and um, that means that it's the time that we quietly ask for the listeners support um, and uh, of our of our community to help keep Mendocino connected which is what this station does keeps us all connected through our public affairs shows local news Spanish language programming call-in shows like this one community calendar like we heard before the show started and uh, emergency informations local public officials and all that good stuff so um, if you are so inclined to join us in that mission and help keep Mendocino County connected um, go to that website click the donate button or Mail a check to P.O. Box 1 in Philo, or you can call during business hours, 895-2324. Yes, and um, you can do it now quietly, but coming up soon will be the slightly less quiet uh, <laughs> pledge drive. And this is actually a really important one because the plans are underway to proceed with the um, 
renovation of the new KZYX countywide headquarters in Ukiah Ukiah. on uh, Clay Street. Uh, They bought the building about a year ago. There's been a team of volunteers over there doing interior demolition. I guess the architect has come up with the final plans and they've submitted them for review. And um, they're going to build a whole new, um, you know, uh, galactic home base for our mighty... (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Mighty broadcast tower. tower. The tower is moving. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I I do too. And I also, um, this was in a recent uh, station newsletter. They're going to keep a Philo studio because the um, Philo volunteer fire department, I think, agreed to let them move one of the trailers over over there and park it. That's cool. And set up a Philo studio. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, it wouldn't be KZYX without Philo somewhere in the name, right? That's right. Exactly. I, I agree. No fond memories of, uh, you know, I've been doing the show and, and also Sunday evening jazz, as you know, um, from the home base here on the coast um, ever since uh, the pandemic began. Um, but um, I have many fond memories of coming to Philo. Um, not so fond in the wintertime when there are storms and you're going through the redwoods and it's a little scary wondering if you're going to get home or not. Well, especially but, if um, a tree is down over the road, which yeah, I think you have experienced. Yes. That, was, that was not fun. No. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so um, kzyx.org is a great place to get the podcasts for of our shows, and of course to, uh, to to donate and become a member of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. Up next is um, artificial intelligence. It's always in the news these days. It's going to be in the news for the foreseeable future until the AIs get so smart that they make us stop talking about it. Well, they'll give us a different name, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, but one of the most interesting and fascinating aspects of it is something that I've been playing with a lot, and this is artificial intelligence-based image generation tools. There is a whole generation of, of websites or services out there which are either free or very low cost or worth you know free until you use up a certain number of credits just to kind of play with them that allow you to create images of all kinds they can be things that look like photographs that were actually never real photographs of things that actually existed they can be things that look like oil paintings or pastels or pencil sketches um, or woodcuts, or airbrush work, or um, graffiti style, or in the style of certain artists like Rembrandt, or Dolly, or Escher. And I've been playing with them a lot, and they're a little bit addictive, they're a little bit worrisome, as are so many things dealing with artificial intelligence, but what they are mostly is a genie that has escaped the bottle, and they're here to stay, and it's worth playing with them, understanding what they can do, what they can't do. You might find them very useful for generating illustrations for a magazine or a a low-budget newsletter that you produce, and maybe you don't have the budget to hire an, an artist or an illustrator, although 
that illustrates one of the, no pun intended, one of the controversies behind these is that um, a lot of artists are saying, well, wow, you can generate an image by just typing some stuff and then so you don't have to pay me. Um, well, you can, generate, you can generate an image in their own style without having to pay yes. them. That's the thing. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit like, not exactly, but a little bit like what musicians went through when restaurants started playing music on PA systems instead of hiring live musicians. But anyway, one of the most interesting of these products, one of the most um, capable, as in it generates the most amazing looking results, is called Dolly. And there's kind of a double meaning, double play on words to the name. A dolly, obviously, a play on the uh, on on Salvador, the artist, but also on Wally, the Pixar robot oh. creature thing. Yeah, the little gar spelled, the garbage collecting robot Wally. Yes, yes. exactly, because it's spelled D A L L hyphen E, just like Wally, except with a D at the beginning. And when you start up something like this, you can go, if you go to openai.com, openai.com, um, or just do a search for Dolly, um, you'll get to it. When you get when you, when you start it up, and it's free. You can sign up for it. It was in a closed private test phase for um, since last uh, July, and just a couple of days ago, um, or late last week, it became available to the rest of us. Uh, you can sign up for a free account. And you get a certain number of credits to create a, a certain number of images. And then afterwards, if you want to create more, then you have to pay. But when you, when you start it up, it's not like a graphics program that you might use, like Photoshop or Adobe Illustrator. You don't have a blank window with a bunch of tools and different color swatches that you can choose. What you have is a box, a box that you type text in. And into that text box, you type something like a photograph of a loaf of sourdough bread on a country kitchen counter with sun streaming through the windows. And then you hit the return key. And the website crunches for a little while. A little bar moves from left to right, letting you know that it's thinking, kind of thinking. And up comes what looks like a photograph of a loaf of sourdough bread on the counter of a country <laughs> kitchen with the sun streaming through the uh, windows in the morning. And you could, if you wanted to make, have it be an oil painting instead, you could say an oil painting of a loaf of bread on the counter or a pastel or a style or a portrait of, um, of, uh, of a, um, a, a portrait of um, a, um, a person in the style of Rembrandt. Um, it's with these text prompts that the AI then goes and looks at this vast database of images that has been used to be trained on. And those are images on places like Pinterest. There are images in places like stock photograph websites. Basically, these websites, these services, these, these AIs go out and look at photos all across the internet. And um, except for ones that are not safe to talk about on a family-oriented website like the uh, program like this one. And based on that training, by associating the photos with the captions that are often um, associated, associated with the photos, 
the AI over time learns, quote unquote, what a sourdough bread loaf looks like, or what a kitchen counter looks like, or what it means to have something streaming, sunlight streaming through the window, or what the phrase like shallow depth of field means. You can type things like that. You can say, you know, shot with a 28 millimeter lens. Um, and it's kind of staggering. The results when you, when you when you, when you type just a simple phrase like that and you see an image come back, you kind of go, wow, okay, this is, this is new. <laughs> it, it, it's uncanny. It really is uncanny how it, it's able to do that. You sent, yeah. me, you sent me a picture a few weeks ago of Michelangelo's David wearing headphones, and it looked like, <laughs> yes, right. it looked like Michelangelo carved headphones onto his David statue. I don't know how they did it or how they picked which headphones to use. You know? Yeah, and then yeah, there are photos. If you go to the website, they have a lot of amazing, uh, um, the actual website is labs.openai. OpenAI is the company that, uh, that, that produces this, yeah. um, dot com. Um, they have lots of examples on their on their website, and you know, an, an astronaut, you know, riding a horse, <laughs> um, and a lot of people do that. The first thing they want to try is something weird, you know, a, a photograph of a chipmunk climbing a giant chipmunk climbing the Eiffel Tower or something like that. You know? oh, <laughs> um, and and that's that's great, you know. Go go ahead, go go and check it out, play with it. Beyond that, there are a lot of a lot of other things that you can do with them. You can extend the image to make it bigger. You can, if there's a weird glitch in it, you can erase part of it and tell Dolly to you know take another crack at it. Um, way more than we have time to go into, but um, suffice it to say that these services, these technologies, these AIs are. Like I said, the genies that are out of the bottle um, and they aren't going away. Um, this is going to have some interesting ramifications for artists, not only as a potential threat to their income, but also, and probably more interestingly, a source of creative inspiration. There are a lot of people who are creating these images and then bringing them into other programs like Photoshop sure. or into video programs and, do, and animating them and doing crazy things that the AI didn't come up with. So there's a whole level, a whole kind of new layer of the creativity onion has been peeled back with these things. Um, and there are controversies, uh, for example, like bias. Um, AIs are often biased because they're trained on the things that they find on the internet, and the and the internet is created by human beings, which and we are biased. So, if you in one of the other AI image generating technologies um, called Midjourney, I did a test to kind of look at bias, and I typed phrases like. <clears throat> a photograph of a smiling laborer or a photograph of a smiling executive. And in many cases, when you specified photographs of so-called blue-collar workers, you would get images of people of color. Uh -huh. And when you do things like lawyer and executive, there are often people of color depicted, but there's there are always white people in them as well and these biases are things that um 
are being corrected by the developers of the AI technologies. Uh, Dolly in particular uh, seems to be kind of one of the more um, uh, um, cautious, uh, you know, about doing it right um, uh, organizations. OpenAI, the company that created it. Well, you know, Jim, that stuff's all up to the programmers, really. You know, and if they just take the easy way out, a lot of times it's just going to reflect the uh, the biases of, of society as a whole, you know. Yeah. And if they go out of their way to be diligent and and look at it from a, um, you know, more socially responsible perspective, they'll probably... Because artificial intelligence only becomes artificial... <laughs> When they push the button and it starts to run, up until that point, it's, it's people making decisions and, and, and setting up programs. And they learn from what they find on the Internet. You could, you know, you could almost say, like, kids learn from their parents. Yes. And the AIs learn from the things that we have published on the Internet. And that can be a kind of a scary concept sometimes when you think of what's on the Internet. So yeah. one of the big challenges going forward is for these developers of AIs and for the people who use them, like you and me, to, um, to call out bias when we see it. Um, and then there's, there are other angles, like some of them will allow you to make, um, or these, a lot of people are concerned that these technologies can be used to create deep fakes, right. fake images of people who are doing things that they didn't do, or of events that didn't take place. Um, the uh, Washington Post ran a really interesting article about these technologies a couple of weeks ago, and they created some images that for all the world looked like press photographs of the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. Ah. But they were not actual photos. So it's easy to imagine somebody taking the wrong the, the wrong fork in the road and creating images of a protest somewhere that didn't happen or a crime somewhere that didn't happen, or if somebody had a crime scene where they never were. Um, so there, there are these crazy cans of worms that, you know, that, 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 um, that have to be solved. And it's always a little more scary when companies are the ones that are running this stuff because they often kind of, you know, shoot first and ask questions later. And so this is all wrapped up in that ball of of of, of craziness yeah <laughs> it is artificial intelligence and it's not going away no. so what it's up to it's up to us to be aware of it and and make sure that to one degree or another in whatever we can how hold accountable the uh the, the, the companies and organizations that are creating this stuff i was amazed at how uh how um visual the images uh are in accord with what you would expect to see in a photograph you know like the perspective and the lighting and all that stuff because they're taking disparate sources and combining them in a way but they're they don't look clunky or 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 crude they look very uh well finished and well thought out i think it would actually be a really useful thing for people who have um uh, enhanced verbal skills, but not necessary skills at visualization. You know, I think it would be yeah. an, an assistive thing for people who, uh, you know, want visual inspiration from from their words and stuff like that. I think that there's a potential for very creative use with that. It doesn't all have to be just fakery and and uh, putting artists out of business. You know? Exactly. 
And, and, you know, for those of us who, you know, have trouble drawing conclusions, much less a picture. Yes. <laughs> the idea of creating, you know, are you really creating the work? Well, no, but kind of, because you visualized it. You'll never open up one of these programs and just have it spew out an image at you. Yeah. You have to, it, it begins in your brain. Yeah. Ultimately, it begins in your wetware. Yes. And um, to, to, um, to envision the kind of image that you want i like and, that um dolly so, dolly draw me a conclusion <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah it's just um it's really interesting we'll be talking about it more in future shows because like i said yeah. it's a genie that's out of the bottle um it's not going away and um hey jim we, we've got phones here that are working oh. tonight and we should probably give out the number and we haven't ha had any callers in i don't think a month you know so feel free my friend yes 895-2448 if you're listening and you have a question or a comment or uh, a conclusion of your own that you've drawn, uh, give us a call and uh, we'll discuss it here on the air on Point and Click Radio, the bi-weekly computer show with Bob Lawton and Jim Hyde. 895-2448 is the phone number. And I can't think of any other pressing news. I, I continue to be amazed at the levels to which data has become the new gold rush it seems like data is just sloshing back and forth at ever increasing rates and i yeah. um i i think that's one of our important tasks for uh this show as we move forward and in fact i think that's going to be on my letter to myself <laughs> to, to, how did <laughs> yeah. how did privacy go over the last year you know right What's the name of the robot that I'm working for? <laughs> yes, exactly. We've got a call, so let's go to the phones. Hi, you're on the air. You're on the air. I had a, I like your thought of the uh, link cleaner, and uh, I had a great idea. Is there a browser extension or, or whatever it's called where you can just right-click and uh, have uh, clean and go? There might be. I don't know. The thing I like about it is that you can visualize the results and then copy it or not. If it doesn't look like what you were expecting, um, you don't. Right. You you can try something else. Um, and there's there's a million different variations of this theme, and so the URL cleaner probably will not work on every single one, but the ones that I've found where you basically go to a web page with a piece you're reading and the piece includes links to other sites that, that are relevant to the topic and you try to click on that and it goes through one of these link tracker setups and I, that's just what I was trying to avoid by it. But give it a try and see how it works out for you. Thanks for the tip. Bye now. All right, sure. Thanks for, Thank, thanks for calling. 8952448 if you want to talk on the radio about computers or the digital uh digital world speaking of the digital world I was on vacation uh for a couple of weeks and uh I wanted to get a new camera and I decided that my new camera cuz I haven't I haven't done uh, much traveling with a a decent you know I've used um my older uh, smartphones as cameras and I, it was time for something new and so I got a new smartphone and uh, it came with a very very up to speed high capability camera and I was amazed at the results because they've what they've done is they've used the processor power to enhance 
the photographic processing. So, for example, uh, on this trip, I did a lot of night shots that turned out better than I ever would have imagined, and certainly better than anything I ever got back in the old film days when you would push your push your film to raise the uh, right. What was it? The ASA rating. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. It's. I mean, you sent me some of the photos, and that's the other thing about the, the you know the technology. You were able to send me photos, you know, through uh, text messages, um, which I guess are not text messages if they're photos. You know, within minutes after you took them, and that is you yeah. Know, I think about like traveling. You went to you you went you went pretty far away. I went far about, away. Like sending a postcard, and it might be get there in, you know, a week or two. And um, here I was, you know, looking at a photo of a beautiful night scene that you had just shot. <laughs> yes, literally just shot. Yeah, and uh, it, uh, it was amazing. I never, because the thing is, not only do they have the ability to absorb the light information, they have um, algorithms to steady, and in fact, they may actually even have physical means of steadying the lens. So if you have a two or three second exposure, I, I just remember I used to have to go out. If I wanted to do night photography back in the film days, I'd have to take a tripod and one of those cable releases so you didn't jiggle the camera when, when you were making the shutter go off, you know, and you had to hold your breath and then click the cable release and count to 10 and then hope that you got a decent exposure. <laughs> now you can just stand still, maybe take, you know, hold your breath in, do the usual um, steadiness yoga of, of nighttime photography. But the camera, the, the phone is able to steady the image because it's able to analyze the image data and keep it from jiggling somehow, yeah, you know, yeah, through, yeah. through the magic of software. And it's amazing how that works. I yeah, was, it's, it is amazing. Um, and, and you know, you had a multiple of lenses with you because you could just pinch and zoom on the screen and zoom in or zoom yeah. out. Um, and, you know, you didn't have to worry about your film getting x-rayed on the way home. Or no. You didn't have to worry <laughs> no. about your, you know, um, you know, carrying a big bag of gear with you. Yes. And, and, you know, every modern smartphone these days, no matter who makes it, um, particularly the higher-end ones, because when you spend more, you get a better camera. That's one of the big differentiating factors between um, the smartphones um, and tablets, for that matter. Um, sure. But if you're into, into photography, you're going on a trip, um, Bob's experience just shows that you can get basically kind of amazing the same kind of results that you might have gotten from it with a whole bag of gear you know a couple of decades ago uh, with a uh, with a with a with a good quality smartphone yeah i mean nothing is ever going to surpass the top level professional gear if you're going to go out and shoot eagles on top of mountain peaks you want you know that five foot long sure. telephoto lens and the 400 pound tripod and all that kind of stuff because that's going to get you the finest possible results but for just if you're on a vacation something that fits in your pocket how can you beat that yeah yeah eight nine five two four four eight if anybody wants to call and talk about computers or digital photography or uh online privacy or anything related to digital this is kzyx's 
Computer Show with Bob Lawton and Jim Hyde, and we're on every other week on Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m. We'll be back in two weeks with more of the same, with news and views and digital information. 895-2448, we've got time for a call or two if anybody wants to call in. What else you got, Jim? I was just trying to make a, I was just playing with Dolly to try to make an illustration of an artificial intelligence genie escaping out of Aladdin's lantern. (laughs) 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 I'll send you some of the results that I got. Some of them are weird and some of them, I mean, it just proves that a lot of these AIs, the, 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 the eye is definitely A. A. Intelligence (laughs) is definitely artificial. Artificial. Um, you know, they're not very good at making hands, for example. You might have forced fingers. You might have eight fingers. Oh, that's um, interesting. Sometimes I try to do photos, of, you know, images of the Golden Gate Bridge, and the Golden Gate Bridge strangely took like a right angle in the halfway across. <laughs> so, I mean, um, there's a there's 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 a lot of room for improvement, but at the same time, they've uh, like you know fun. they've gotten so good so fast, and mm-hmm. I think that's probably one of the big um, yeah two of the big lessons because these things are getting ever smarter. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, KZYX Philo ninety point seven FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah ninety one point five FM, and Fort Bragg at eighty eight point one FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.